Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. But because of that, um, we got our, our Pastor Danny this morning. Uh, he's going to be preaching here this morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this time to him. Amen. I know God has Thank a word. You. God bless you, church. How we doing? How we doing, church? Amen. Quien vive? Y a su nombre. Y la iglesia. There you go. See, I got my Spanish peeps in here, too. I want to thank uh, Pastor for the opportunity that he has given me. And I want to jump straight into the word. And I don't know why I'm so nervous, because I preach a lot. So I don't know why I'm nervous, but I'm nervous. I'm going to ask if we stand in reverence to the word of God. And we're going to open the book to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. When we have it, say amen, verse 16. I want to give some context before I, I start reading. Book of Daniel opens up with... The captivity of God's people. And it's called the Babylonian, uh, the captivity. And they're going through a process where they're imprisoned by the Babylonians. And, and at this time, um, there's a Daniel, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who are one of the Jews that the word, the book of Daniel speaks on and, and how they were attracted to the eyes of the leaders, the king of Babylonia and Babylon. And they attracted the king so much, the king chose them to represent them and to work with them in the kingdom. And at this time, the king of Babylonia wanted them to bow down to the golden image that he had created. And these people, uh, these three young men, Meshach, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, decided not to. And the king was upset. He created a furnace for them, for them to go in there and die. And this is where we pick up verse 16. When we have it, can we say amen? amen. The word of God says, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty hand. But even if he does not, mm, but even if he does not, I know there's some bit some times where we have to say that to ourselves. Even, even if God doesn't come through, he still sits in his throne. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty. See how they still showed reverence. Even if he does not, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. We're going to jump to verse 24. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar leaped up from his feet to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, 
I see four men walking around in the fire unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you thanking you because you are great. We love you, Lord. We love your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for you are always working in us. I ask that you bless, Father God, the ones that are here listening to your word, Father God, that this word may fall into them, Father God. Give us the identity that you require for us to have, Father God, in your name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the church says, Amen. Amen. We may take our seats. Just uh, the show of a raise of hands, who has accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior? Amen. Amen. God is good, right? And it's hard to say all the time, but God is good. All the time. But when you're going through trouble and tribulation, it's hard to say, God, I know the cliche is to say all the time. I know that's a Christian thing to do. But at this time, at this moment, I don't see your hand. I want to keep on declaring that you're good all the time, but your goodness and my goodness does not match up. My definition of goodness means that I get what I want all the time. Your definition of goodness, I just don't understand it. See, we have these men who are captive. I walk around a lot, guys. I'm sorry. Your neck is going to be like this the whole time. Hey, I get my steps in. <laughs> these, these men were sent were in captive, in captivity. And the king sent an order saying, I want you to choose the best men, the Jewish men. I want you to find the best ones. And we're going to, you know what? We're going to indoctrinate them. They're going to read our language. They're going to, they're going to study for three years. And we're going to change their lifestyle. We're going to change the language, the, the way they say hi, the way they say bye. We're going to change everything about them. The whole, the whole concept of who they are, their identity is going to change under our reign. See, these Jewish men were just men who were just good looking. No, no. The king wanted them to change everything about them. No more to identify themselves as the men of God, but the men of slavery under their captivity. And then the men are doing their thing. And glory to God, because God has given us grace and favor. And, and, and grace and favor is found on them at this moment. And they say, you know what? There, there's something about these people. There's something about these three men, these three, actually four, because at that time, when they were recognized, it was Daniel as well. So there's, it's, there's, so, there's something going on with these people that they stand out amongst everybody. See, when was the last time living in this world you stood out? Not because you look good. Not because Instagram looks good. Not because Facebook looks good. Not because TikTok. Oh, TikTok? Is that what it's called? TikTok? <laughs> not because it looks good. Just because you have the character of Christ in you. When was the last time you attracted the enemy so much that he has no choice but to put an eye on you? When was the last time the order you give, the smell you give, the aroma that comes out of you, was something different that the enemy just 
doesn't understand it but wants more of it. When was the last time your friends and family smelled you, heard you, and said, there's something different about this guy? See, at that moment, that's what happened with these guys. See, there's opportunities that we must show in our workplace that say, I don't know who he is, but there's something different about these people. Yeah, they call them the hallelujahs. I don't know. They speak in tongues. They're crazy. But there's something different. See, when people walk into this house, it's something different. It it isn't just because we sing and we play nice and pastor has an amazing voice. It isn't. That's not not the reason, even though that helps. Right? Because, man, in Sunday mornings when I'm, I want to sing so bad. I can't. No, because I can't. If I look, look, if God gave me that talent, that will be perfect. I can't. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, come to the tryouts. Hey, if you can't sing, stay home because we'll say no quick. <laughs> but there's there's supposed to be something, and this is for all new believers. There's supposed to some. There's supposed to be something we carry. We can't just say we we accepted Jesus and then live according to the world. And I know that's gonna hurt. That's gonna sting. There's, there's supposed to be a lifestyle. So when these men were found grace, and grace was given because of God, it wasn't just because they spoke in tongues. It wasn't because of their history. It was because they were practical in the things that was given to them. They crossed their T's, dotted their I's. See, a lot of the old school Christians... I come from a generation when they just speak in tongues and they think that's the only thing that we need. And forget the character and destroy people because of the character. And they want to speak in tongues and say that they're Christian. But at the same time, their character has destroyed many Christians. But not these men. Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were totally different. And Daniel, they stood out. And because they stood out, they said, you know what? We want you to come work with us. Come to the kingdom. Come and, and, sit, in the, and the sit, sit in the palace with us. From chapter 2 to chapter 3, there's 70 years of a gap. There's, there's years between chapter 2 and chapter 3. I need you to understand this. Just because they worked in the kingdom of the enemy, that didn't. Remove kingdom culture inside of them. See, many of us who accepted Jesus still live in the kingdom of the world. We are trying to live in God's kingdom. These men were just no ordinary men. Yeah, they lived, they spoke the same language, they talked the same. But these men were kingdom men. And when they were kingdom men, they knew who they served. God, 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 God. It was always about God. It was never about how many likes I can get, the influence I can get, what I can gain from having this relationship with the world. See, when they said yes to God, it wasn't just saying yes. It was rejecting everything the world gave them. See, these men worked for the kingdom for so long, they were being fed by the government. So when they said no to the king, 
They weren't just saying no to an idol. They weren't saying no to just a statue of gold. They were saying no to the income. They were saying no to the environment. They were saying no to their lifestyle. They didn't just say no to a gold that was created by Nebuchadnezzar. They said no to a lifestyle that was given to them for so many years. We love, I love benefits, right? I, always, I play basketball. Sometimes I mess up my ankle. A lot of times I mess up my ankle. I just don't, you know, Hispanic people don't go to the doctor. We, we just want to, whenever we're sick, we're sick. That's it. Vicks helps. Honey helps. And now I'm drinking garlic and honey because my wife get, got me on that. But the benefits of believing in the kingdom. See, they didn't just say no to an image that was in front of them. What they said no to was the lifestyle that the king was giving them. See, many of us have entered this kingdom, this walk with God, while trying to live the benefits of the world and trying to compromise with God and trying to compromise with the world and negotiate what we think is good. <laughs> Saying, God, you know what? God, you know I have a sexual a sexual issue, God. You know I just want to and then get out and then leave and then ask for forgiveness. And, and, and still, still, God, I know you, you're a loving God. You're a merciful God. You're, you're just God. I know God, but you know my needs. God, and if it's not sexual, it can be porn or it can be an addiction to any other drug. It can be whatever you want to call it. What has you tied up? What has you tied up that you haven't been living according to God's will? What has you in bondage? What are you negotiating with God? What are you trying to tell God? God, I know I have been addicted to this. But look, let me tell you, children of God, if you said yes, that means no to the past. For everything is new in Christ Jesus. That means the power that I have is in him. And because it is in him, my identity solely relies in him. See, these people weren't saying no just to an image. Because that's simple. It's simple to say no to an image. What's hard to say no to is when that income stops coming into your house. When there's no more carne asada. Man, I love steak. And it is so expensive right now. La Michoacana. Can't go to La Michoacana no more. I have to go to Aldi. <laughs> I have to season my chicken with steak seasoning. <laughs> See, they didn't say no just to an image. What they were saying no to was a lifestyle that the world was giving them. And I know most of us here struggle. But I know there's times where it doesn't just become a fight. We just surrender. And I, I'm always transparent. I was one of those. I was one of those that would negotiate with God. And I would tell God, God, you, God you're loving. You're not gonna, I'm not going to die if I sin right now. I want to do whatever I'm going to do. Ask for forgiveness because that's who you are. But I was never free. 
So you can keep on sinning. Don't act like a victim when that sin is eating you alive. Because we like to play the victimhood. And we don't like to analyze our lives. Why we are where we are. We like to say, pobrecito me. Ah, pobrecito. Estoy sufriendo porque el diablo. No, it's because you're stupid. I'm dumb. No, I I like to give in to the world. It is not the devil. The devil's not doing anything. It's me. If if I've been set free, what am I doing trying to go to a club? Oh, (laughs) sorry. I don't don't have that issue with my Spanish people. They're all old. They don't even dance. (laughs) What am I doing in places I don't belong? Why am I going to a concert that doesn't benefit my life? Ooh. I know that goes in a stink a little because I remember one time we went to, okay, long, I love, I love Spanish rock. It was one time, she's here smiling. They went to a concert, a Mana concert, right? They were like, man, I'm not even going to sing the song, right? But they were rocking. And then the next morning, but I had a meeting with all of them. Benched all of them. We only had one vocal and one guitar and that's it for like two, three months. It was terrible. But what are, we, what are we doing walking into places we don't belong to? Belong in. See, if we have been set free, if we have actually been set free, what are we doing in clubs? What are we doing in bars? What are we doing in concerts that don't gratify the presence of God? Because if God is truly in us, if the Holy Spirit walks with us, can it be that we don't have the revelation of who the Holy Spirit is? That, is that the reason that we walk into places we don't, we're not supposed to? Is it because we don't have the right revelation of who is God and who is the Holy Spirit and we treat him as an it and not as the person? Can that be the reason why we walk into clubs and walk into concerts without the essence of who he is? Because we think that it's an it that belongs in a Sunday morning and not an everyday living. Can it be that the reason you're suffering, the reason I have suffered, is because my yes to the devil was easy than to say yes to God? See, these, these men, what I love about the story is that they didn't, they didn't negotiate with the king. They didn't say, okay, king, let, let, let's talk it. Let's talk about it. Just give me five minutes. Let me talk to my people. We're going to come back with a new strategy. No, they said, look, man, this, we're not going to negotiate. We said what we said, and we're not going to bow down to this image. We're not going to do it. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you do. He's going to save us because I know how God is. He's going to save me. If he saved me yesterday, he's going to save me today. And he saved me again, he'll do it again. See, your battles, the one you have won yesterday, is to carry on to the new battle today. See, King David didn't just fight Goliath out of nowhere. God prepared them. The lion and the bear. Those battles are to give you confidence in who God is in your life. 
It's not for you to say, oh, if God did it yesterday, he forgave me yesterday, he can do it again. It's no saying, I have conquered a temptation yesterday, and because of it, because of the blood of Jesus inside of me that lives in me, I can conquer this temptation today. And there we go, negotiating with our fleshly desires. And this is what we do. Pastor Ryan, can you come here? The Bible says that they bound the three men, right? Is that what the Bible says? Was it in the furnace or outside of the furnace? Outside of the furnace. Okay. So he was tied up. I'm going to use my sweater as a. Illustration. Okay, so he's bound, right? Tamarado. Okay, so he's tied up. See, this right here, call it what you want in your life. Call it porn. Call it an alcohol addiction. addiction. Call it music that doesn't gratify the presence of God. Call it Whatever you want to call it. Was he freed in the furnace or, or bound in the furnace or freed outside? Was he bound outside or in the furnace? Outside. outside. When was he free? When was he free? When was he bound? When was he freed? What, bound, what made him free? The fire made him free. There's things in our lives that we have bound, we have chained up. And the reason why we're not free is because we're afraid to walk into the fire. The reason why we are still bound and still fighting with addiction, because the moment the fire introduces himself into your life, you know what we do? We stay right here and we start negotiating. Okay, now that it's tough, Nebuchadnezzar, let me tell you, okay. give Give me a couple years. The fire is there. And you know what God wants to do in the fire? Set you free. Because you know what the fire does? It creates a worship inside of you that you, it's not just, it's not mimicked, but it's birth. What the fire does, it starts breaking chains. There's no way you're going to learn that God's a chain breaker, living just whatever you want, doing whatever you want, doing whatever you want. You will not know God breaks addiction until you step into the fire. And when you step into the fire, when you step into the fire that God has created to break bondage, to break addiction, to break anything that has set you back, that's when we're going to know freedom in Christ. So while he's here, trying to negotiate with Nebuchadnezzar and the fire is there and it's burning sometimes we have been fighting with porn we have been fighting with sexual addiction identity crisis because Sadrach, Meshach and Abednego that wasn't their name that was a name the king gave them. See, the world has tried to re-identify the children of God. And he has done an amazing job doing it. See, now we can become people 
who sin and still believe in God. Listen to that. I didn't call you guys Christian. I didn't call them Christian. Living in addiction and still believing that he is God. But not calling him Lord. Living and watching things that doesn't gratify the spirit and still saying, God, you exist. We have become a generation that has been living in darkness. I've used this illustration before where if, oh, it's okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've used this illustration, I believe it was in Spanish, where if you turn off all the lights in the room, your eyes cannot adjust to what you see. And you think everything's the devil. You think everything's the spirit when the, eye, the lights turn off. I know I used to. I used to say, una espíritu allí. En el nombre de Jesús. And it was just a coat hanger. <laughs> but once you turn off your light, the lights fast, your eyes cannot adjust to the darkness. It takes a while for the eyes to adjust to the darkness. You can't identify the items in the room so quickly. But if you give it some time, your eyes start adjusting to the darkness. There's times where you just want to walk in the room without the lights being on because it's better for the light, for the eyes. And I'm afraid that the church has been walking in darkness for so long. We have been used to living in sin inside of the church that the moment we call sin a sin, people get offended and want to leave church. The moment we say, hey, bro, I know, it's, I know it's hard, man, but, you know, you can't be drinking all the time. You already, you've been a Christian for so long. I, I understand if you're a baby Christian, but you've, you've been doing this for so long. We can't let darkness live inside the church. We can't live in the dark where we can't become the, the lighthouse that the, the world needs. Because what are we giving to the world that we can't be unique with an essence that just they don't know what it is? How can I introduce them to God the Savior when I'm sinning with them and I'm getting drunk with them? And I'm talking dirty jokes, and I say dirty jokes with him. How can I, Daniel, present the gospel that God sets free, set the captives free, at the same time introducing them to the devil? How can I introduce them or show that I am a warrior of God when I'm fighting for the devil? Oh, because I come to church. How can I tell them God saves and God redeems and God has set you free from all your sins, but at the same time I'm doing the same thing they're doing in the weekends? How can I preach the gospel that Jesus died and gave his life for you and I and for the whole world to know that he's the true king? How can I, Daniel Gutierrez, present the gospel while sinning with you? And then we come to church with the sinners We know best, 
they don't know best. Because we have given them a messed up gospel. And instead of walking in the fire and letting the faith do its work, we want to manipulate God and start negotiating with the sin that have kept us in chain. While our soul and our spirit is longing for breakthrough, is longing for freedom, we sit there chained up because we've been too afraid to step into the faith that God has called us to live by. I shared last week that, you know, our family is going through a lot. And I was fighting with, I was arguing with God. And I was telling God, God, you know what? You gave a word to us. You promised you, you gave us a word, and we just don't see it. There's a timeline, and we just don't see it, God. I, I believe in who you are. But, you know, there's a moment in your prayer where you just have to proclaim in faith. And you, start have, to, you have to start proclaiming freedom in faith. And I got in that moment... Where I started crying and I started declaring the promise that was given to us, even though I don't see it. And what happened is that in that moment in my spirit, I felt something different activate something different. Yes, us pastors go through a lot of stuff. We're not perfect. We don't have it all together. We struggle with believing God's promises. And in that moment... Something activated in my spirit. An authority came upon me. Declaring the promises that are going to happen. And I'm not going to negotiate with it. I'm not going to negotiate with the devil. Just God, God's not going to make it through. No, no. He promised that without me even asking. And because he promised without me even seeking the word. And it came to me. I'm going to start believing it, and I'm going to start declaring it. Even though I don't see it, I'm going to, be, I'm going to start believing it in freedom. Amen. See, it activated something in me, but it, it wouldn't have been possible if I would have sat there and contemplated and negotiated with what I see right now. The freedom wouldn't, wouldn't be possible. Not the freedom, not the physical freedom, the spiritual freedom, the faith that I need to start declaring that God will come through. See, because there's something different. There's something different when you have nothing else to do but to give God the glory. There's, there's nothing that can compare it. Church, I'm letting you know there's nothing. I know there's times when we're going through trials and tribulations and we want to give in and we want to sit there and throw a pity party. And God, this, God, why, why that, why this, why that, why this? And, and sometimes God just needs you to shut up and believe that he is God. God doesn't need to hear your reasoning or your doubts. God just needs you to know that what just wants you to believe in him and believe in his hand and believe that if he did it yesterday, he would do it today. If, if God's people walked 
through the Red Sea, he would do it again. Don't tell God, remove the fire. Tell him, God, show your hand through this fire. God, show that you're God in this fire. Because the world, I already know who you are. The world needs to see who you are. God, see, don't, don't remove the Red Sea. Let me walk through it. Show your hand through the Red Sea. God didn't, God could have sent them somewhere else. If you guys read the, the word, it says God let them through the Red Sea. God led them to see the Red Sea and tested them at that moment. It didn't say anything else but that. It just said God let them. Well, they had no other choice but to start proclaiming his name. And sometimes God has you in an obstacle where you hit the wall and you're like, God, what am I going to do at this moment? God has led you to hit the wall so you can start Crying out to him. So you can start believing that he is Jehovah. That he is the one that reigns, the one that forever reigned this world. He is the one. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Nothing, no one compares to his glory. So look, when you hit the wall, when you hit that wall, and you feel like you're in bondage, just start worshiping God. Start proclaiming his name. Start saying, God, I have nothing else to give. Most of you guys know that I live in an acre. And a couple weeks ago, maybe like two months ago, I hired this, uh, t- this um, partner. And I said, hey, man, just burn whatever you want. Knock some trees down. Do whatever you want. I go play. I go to the gym. I come back. I see the fire truck. Two fire trucks in my yard. <laughs> I'm like, Diablo mentiroso. So I'm like, what happened? And I'm trying to avoid the marshal. Because <laughs> I, I see him standing there, some big dude like that. I'm trying, I was like, I'm just going to go home. And then he's like, hey, come here. <laughs> I was like, okay, what happened? He's like, you, did you know they were burning? I said, I know they were burning, but they said they can control it. They were like, let me show you something. So we go to the back. The fire. Say so is right there where the camera's at. My house is right here. My house is all wood. It's cedar wood. So he's like, you know, you could have burned your house down. I, my, inside of me, I was like, why didn't it happen? I want a new home. <laughs> I said, you stop the blessing, brother. <laughs> my wife, oh, my wife says no. I said yes. Oh, yeah, she was inside. That's right. But she left, so it doesn't even matter. She left. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's another in the fire. Okay, look. So when that happened, we were talking. And you know what? I was kind of happy because in in that section, there was a lot of weeds. And I didn't know how to get rid of it. We would cut it, and it would start growing again. I thought the... The, uh, the cold, when it was really cold, I thought, the freeze, I thought it destroyed it and it grew back again. But what I was reading is the fire destroys all of that. But what happens is I cannot just leave the ashes in the fire. I have to pick them up. 
resoil the ground again so grass can start growing and the tree can grow even better. See, I didn't know that was a process, and now I'm going dist- to burn my whole yard. <laughs> but I, I wasn't aware that that's what the fire did until I was studying this word. And there has been roots that we have grown that have polluted our life that God needs to burn away so the foundation of our beliefs will be in him and not in what the world has taught me. I'm going to ask the musicians to come up. When I said yes to be a Spanish pastor, um, most of you guys know that uh, my dad has been a pastor for 35 years. And I told God, God, I don't want to be a pastor like my dad. I don't want to be a pastor that I see on TV. I don't care about how they got the multitude because they probably got the multitude but not sharing the word of God or maybe so, I don't know. But I don't want to look at other pastors. I actually want to read your word so you can reveal it to me in my spirit how I shall pastor the Spanish congregation. It is not a knock on any pastor. But I wasn't called to follow the steps of the pastor before. I was called to be the pastor in this generation. And this generation has a different vision. We have different needs. Go through a lot. So if I truly want to be the pastor that God has called me to be, then I need to go to the source. He who has called me to be the pastor. And if God has called you to be a Christian, shouldn't our responsibility be to go to the source that has called us to be a Christian? If God has given us the new identity, an identity like no other, because we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel, because there's going to be one day where we're going to reign with him. One day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is king. And he is Lord. And he will forever reign one day. But today, we have the privilege to call him king. We have the privilege to say I am saved. I have the privilege to call him my Lord. But how sad would it be, church, that you call him Lord while still being in chains? while still fighting addiction, while still fighting identity crisis, while still not knowing what it is to be a Christian because we have forgotten to go straight to the source. And we look at the pastor, and we see what's going on over here, and we apply what we hear on a Sunday, and we apply it from Monday to Saturday, and that's our fix. And we have forgotten how to go to the source in the middle of the night when God is trying to tell you, wake up, son. I'm trying to wake you up. I need to speak to you. 
That, that, that I have caused in your life is because I will need you to wake up. That trouble you face right now, it's not because the enemy did it. It's because I did it. Because you're straying away. You're walking away from my presence. And I need you to come back. And maybe you're going through marital problems, financial problems. We're facing a lot of difficulties today in this world. Maybe God has caused it because you're a sleeping giant. And once you wake up, you're going to reckon with the presence of God. But at this moment, the chains are still here. At this moment, it's difficult for us to render it to him. And he has caused, God has caused pain, heartache. Because he knows that's the only way to get your attention. And maybe you right now are dealing with sin that you just don't know how to get rid of. And God has caused many things to happen in your life, but you still want to keep on living in that sin. And maybe you're negotiating with the world, but let me tell you, there is no freedom that the world can give you that Jesus hasn't given you already. The blood of Christ Jesus is real. The freedom he gives is real. The bondage that the devil has given us is real as well. And we have played church for so long. And we say, well, God, why am I still suffering? God, why, why am I still going through my trials? Why am I still going through the same tribulation year after year? Why am I still asking for the same prayer request Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday? Look, that's all good and dandy that we have prayer requests, but it's time for you to start praying. It's time for you to start declaring the victory upon your life, over your life, over your household, over your finances, over your family, over your kids. Stop depending on the prayer team and get on your knees and start praying. Stop depending on the pastors and get on your knees and start praying. Because we have been in bondage for so long. We depend on the worshipers up here so we can start worshiping. We forget when we get home, what is it to, what is worship? What is singing to God? What is the presence of God? Because we have become so dependent on them that we forget that we have the same Holy Spirit at home. So we come here and we think we're free and we go home and we're in bondage because we forgot how to worship God. And we use them as the scapegoat. And we get out, we're in bondage again. And we come back Sunday again. And you go back home on, on Monday. God, why do I feel it again? Why am I bondage again? Oh yeah, hello, have you figured it out? You become so dependent in the altar this altar, them, the musicians, the prayer team, that you have forgotten how to get on your knees and start praying to God. You have forgotten how to call him God, your God. He's my God, but you have used my faith to give you that little pump. You have used this altar 
And we have used this altar. We have used the, the wisdom that comes out of this altar and the presence of God that flows in this house. And we have taken it. And yet when we get home, we are bondage again. And we're dealing with pornography, addiction, alcohol. We're dealing with a lot of things. Because we've forgotten how to live by the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. What was the song you guys were just singing? Can you sing the chorus? I know I told you the other one, but just the chorus. And, and we have forgotten how to give it to him. Brother Junior years ago gave an amazing word. It was called borrow faith. That we have borrowed the faith of those to carry us on. And we don't know what it is to tell God, God, I love you. God, I, I love you. I just love you. You know, I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds weird, but I'm going to ask you. Just right there where you are, just say, God, I love you. God, I love your presence. You're holy. Your majesty. We love you, Lord. Tu eres santo, santo, santo. See, when we're facing the fire, all we have is gratitude for who he is. So when we sit there and we're just, God, I don't know what else to do, just say, God, you're holy. God, your majesty, you're beautiful. Beyond description, you are beautiful beyond description. And we're going to see the chains fall. We're going to see us be free. Not because of the praise and worship. Because the worship that flows out of your spirit. The physical things will be broken in the spirit. Because that that flows out of you is creating life in you. So we say, God, you're holy. God, your majesty. You are beautiful beyond description. There's no one like you, Father God. Yes, let my circumstance, let it burn. Let it hurt. But let me grow from this. Because if we are true Christians, the old things have passed. Everything now is new. That, that means the old things my old tradition, the way the world has created me to be. Understand that we have been so, we have been recipients. We have been recipients. You guys are, we are all recipients. Whatever we receive, we get, and that's what we try to mimic. We have been recipients of the world for so long that we cannot apply the, the world the culture of the world to the culture of Christ, the kingdom culture is not the same. Now we have to become recipients of his throne. And we have to start reading the word of God. And when we get home, let's get on our knees and start praying to God. When we get on our knees, let's start worshiping God. And if we have nothing else to say, just say, God, I love you. Holy Spirit, I love you. Jesus, I love you. 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 And there's nothing else that will replace you. My, my, my God, you are everything to me. You are the fountain. You are the living God. You are everything to me. You are Jehovah. You are Yara. You are everything. You are Rafa. 
And there's nothing that can take the place of God. Nothing can take that peace from you. We surrender it to the world. But God has given you the power to be free. God has given you the power to live free in him. But God wants a generation. God wants a generation with the character of Christ. To live according to Christ. So when you get that call at 3 o'clock in the morning, what you doing? You awake? You asleep? You know, you know what they're doing. And when you get that call at 10 p.m., you want to go to a bar? You want to go to a club? No, nah, but you know what? I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'm going to end it with this. A couple years ago, I came back to Christ. I was out church for three years. Three years. So I tattoos. Started doing a lot of dumb stuff. One of the hardest things to do was to say no to the past. That was, that was hard. It was hard to say no to my friends that we used to go out every weekend and spend so much money every weekend. As soon as... See, I let the guilt and shame hold me back for so long. Because I knew God, I knew God was tugging at my heart. But I, I let the guilt and shame push me. All right, it isn't like God was ashamed of me. God wanted to embrace me. God wanted to hug me, to love me. But I let the guilt and shame push me for so long. And I let it just linger for so long. And I'm like, okay, God. So when I decided to say yes, see, there was no playing around. For those who know me, no, I'm, I'm straight up. I, don't, I say it the way I feel, and that's it. Forgive me if you want. Don't. I don't know. But so I'm always been straight up. And the moment I started sinning, the moment I knew, I didn't even start sinning at the moment. The moment I knew I did not want to give in to God, I got off the drums and I told Pastor. And he told me, what, what are you doing? I was like, I already know what I'm going to do. So I'm going to stop playing. He's like, but you're not doing anything yet. I was like, but I know what I want to do. I'm not going to come to church. I'm not going to play. So when I came back, same way I didn't negotiate, I didn't negotiate this time. See, when God called me, when he hugged me, when he dusted all the sin off of me, there was no negotiating with me. So my friends started calling me, Daniel, where you at? Daniel, where you at? I said, hey, guys, I'm not. I already said no to you guys. I said yes to God. And I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop living the way according to the world. I'm going to stop saying, I'm going to go out with you guys. I'm not going to do that anymore. Because I'm, I'm back. I'm back home. I'm back where I belong. And I just pray that you guys will see the light one day. See, there was no negotiating with me. I don't have time to negotiate. If we say yes to God, then it's yes to God. 
And if we say no to God, then hey, let it be our full no. But don't fool yourself in thinking you have freedom while still being in captive, in captivity, in bondage, in chain. Let your yes be yes, let your no be no. If you say yes to God, if you say yes to him, if you say, God, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, God, I know you have redeemed me, that means you have been redeemed. There's no more going to the world. You have been redeemed through Christ Jesus that has shed his blood in the cross for you and me. That means we are free. We are free in Christ Jesus. When that phone call hits that, you know, shouldn't be receiving that phone call, you already know, caller ID. Oh, I know what this guy wants. Don't pick it up. And if you're going to pick it up, invite them to church. Stop negotiating. Don't give in five minutes of fun for a lifetime of hell. Don't negotiate five minutes of fun for a lifetime of torment. Because the problems are still going to be there. Because you're not free. Because you're not free. You're coming to church doesn't mean you're free. You're surrendering to God means you're free. Surrendering who you are means you're free. Surrendering your addiction means you're free. Surrendering that sin you have been living means you're free. Surrendering your old identity means you're free. In Christ Jesus, he who has set me free, I am free indeed. Because of his blood, I am now free. Now I see victory. When I used to live in torment, I see victory. When I was in chains, now I can shout and say, God has set me free. Because of that, because of the blood of Jesus, Because of the blood of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus, I have been set free from torment. I've been set free from sin, from alcohol addiction. I've been set free from my past. And now I live in victory because of Christ Jesus, the one who has set me free. He has set you free. Because of that, you have victory over any situation. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.